Hello and welcome to the best is net to come. My name is Josh and I am joined by my good buddy Mike Rubenstein. Today we are going to be talking about everything that's gone on with the Nets over the past week and it's been a crazy week regarding the team's performance. They haven't lost a game in a week and also just like some incredible incredible individual performances out of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Most, you know, let's just talk about the one that happened last night. Kyrie Irving goes out in Orlando. Sure, they're the worst team in the league, but he scores 60 points, which is a franchise record. 60 points, and he does it in what? I mean, minutes he play? 30? 32? 33? Yeah, not, not a lot. Yeah, there was eight, there's eight minutes left in the game. The Nets are just destroying them. So it, it was not Kuth. It would be very uncouth to leave Kyrie in the game at that point. But they did let him come back in the fourth at least, even though they were destroying them then. And he did get to the 60th point franchise leader. And on top of that, not only did Kyrie make Nets franchise history, Kyrie and KD collectively made NBA history because KD scored 53 points against the Knicks on Sunday. Kyrie scored 60 yesterday. And they become the first time that two players, two different players, scored 50 points in back-to-back games in NBA history on the same team, which is pretty awesome. You know, a week or two ago, we were really in the dumps about this team, and it was really hard to watch them. They were had such a rough two months. To now just come into this last week where it feels like all eyes are on the Nets, everyone's talking about them, everyone's excited about them, everyone thinks this is going to be like a really fun like seventh or eighth seed Nets team that possibly takes down a first or second seed the mood is rapidly shifting and that along with the vaccine mandates possibly being lifted soon who knows eric adams is like enemy number one right now for nets fans but anyway mike let's just talk about Kyrie. what did you see in his incredible performance last night that impressed you the most okay so besides the sheer skill that was on display because he does things with a basketball that no one's ever done. Like, if you watch highlights of all his moves, dribbling, layups, everything, like, no one's ever done that. But it was the efficiency. This game and his other 50-whatever point game, 54-whatever he scored, uh, in that game, I remember his true shooting percentage, whatever that means. I don't know the exact calculation behind it. It was over 100%. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and then I last think he, night, went, he went 15 for 19 in that game. Yeah, and then last night, I didn't see that stat, if anyone put that up online. But, like, it wasn't 60 points in a close game because, you know, you're scoring, but it's not efficient, and the other team's scoring, so they're hanging around. It was a 60 points that just buried the magic right away. Like, they had no chance because it was 60 points in, however, 30 shots. Yeah, 30. I think he he was... uh... Maybe he 31. made 20 of 31. It was thinking yeah. he made 20 out of his 31 shots. Well, the Nets, yeah. the Nets destroyed them right out the gate. You know, the, the Nets scored 48 points in the first quarter right. and had 81 in by half. I mean, that's a full time score in some other games. <laughs> 81 yeah. points. So it's not just scoring because we've seen guys score. Devin Booker scored 70 in a game, but it was like an overtime game where they, I think they even lost. <laughs> and like, oh my god, I think they lost to this other game. I don't remember exactly, but. Kobe's 81, like, he needed all of the time to get the 81 because it was close. He was hitting free throws down the stretch to add on to it. Kyrie just went out there and just obliterated everybody. And like you said before, like, he he had to come out because they were up by so much where it was like a shame. I was actually kind of rooting for the Magic 
to keep it close in the <laughs> yeah, third quarter. Right. They made like Same. a little run to start the quarter because Kyrie took a couple bad like heat check shot, heat check shots. Um, they cut it to like 24, and I was like, okay, cool, classic Nets, let them in the game. Kyrie will get his 80, and then from there, Kyrie just caught fire again. Uh, it was amazing, and some of the highlights that he was putting on contact layups, uh, pull up threes. He's now got this like patented uh, catch high, shoot high shot that people yeah. were talking about a lot today. Uh, Clay Thompson does something similar where you kind of take a bad pass and you just go with it. And it's so fluid. It's just so beautiful to watch. And it goes in every time for Kyrie. So It's an incredible amount of, of uh, just technique and coordination that you, you have to practice that kind of shot so much. And just actually just like have this innate ability to know how much uh, strength to put on it and everything. Yeah, I bet Kyrie is just amazing at anything precision based. Like he's probably an incredible bowler. He probably yeah. can like throw darts amazingly. Like he's just like got this precision thing down to a yeah. point. Yeah. Um, the last thing I'll say with Kyrie is he's playing like he's pissed off, and you can tell <laughs> from that Sixers game that we'll talk about soon. Uh, with all the mandate stuff going on, with the losing that was going on, with Harden leaving the way he left, and I said it on our last couple of pods is like the Nets are going to have to play with urgency now. And Kyrie is the one setting that tone, uh, aggressive on offense and playing strong defense. So if he keeps playing like this pissed off, I don't see why he can't do this every night. He's that good at getting to wherever he wants on the floor. You can't stop him one-on-one. So if oh, yeah. Double, if you can't even stop him probably with a double team. And if you do double Triple team, team. We, we have Kevin Durant. So like, okay, the ball's going to move and we're going to find Kevin Durant or Seth Curry or Patty Mills, who's also been on fire lately. Uh to hit some open threes. It's 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 fun to watch, and I hope... I don't know how many more road games they have. I think it's only like three or four, but... Yeah, unfortunately, as, as things update. stand, I think Kyrie can only play in three more games this season. Oh. As things stand. Uh, which, we're really hoping that that changes, but it seems like what we thought, what I thought, was that the Nets organization had some sort of kind of contact or a, a liaison between them and the New York City office, kind of discussing like when these things would end or when Kyrie would be able to play. Like, oh, we can't do it now, but it is time. And then the Nets could just kind of stay quiet until that happened. As things have developed over the last week, it seems like there is a disconnect between the Nets organization and the, the government. And in fact, it seems like it's getting worse. Like Eric Adams is doubling and tripling and quadrupling down in these press conferences he's giving about, you know, how things will not change anytime soon. And you might as well just get the vaccine, man. Uh, the, yeah, get the vaccine if you really want to play. As much as I don't disagree with Eric Adams's point, I don't disagree with him. I do do see a, like this is kind of ludicrous at this point that yeah. Kyrie can't play because he's allowed to do almost everything else. He gets fined on Sunday for walking into the uh, for walking into the the locker room with the guys fifty thousand dollars, but he was there the whole game <laughs> just like clapping and breathing all over the court. He was sitting courtside. I just the 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 logic yeah. is starting to be completely. Um, ridiculous. And I mean, yeah. it really was ridiculous from the beginning because they were letting guys come and play who were unvaccinated from other teams. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. All uh, What's very interesting is that it's recently come to light that not only the Nets, but also the Mets and Yankees. Baseball is finally coming back. They, they signed their agreement. 
the season is starting soon. But the Mets and Yankees, who are not vaccinated, cannot play. I was, like, kind of stunned by how many Yankees have not <laughs> been vaccinated. Like, all of their best players have not been vaccinated. <laughs> Aaron yeah. Judge and, like, Garrett Cole and, like, Stanton. Like, they're, they're the Yankees. You'd think that they would, like, be a little more responsible. So that's obviously a big deal. They're going to have to make some exception for them before the season starts in a month. Are they going to make an exception for Kyrie? Are they going to find a way around Kyrie because there's some sort of prejudice there against basketball players, against Kyrie for what he is? What do you think? I think the latest that Adam said today in a press conference was that how baseball is like a month away, and by then things could change. So that's not what we want to hear because we like playoffs are going to start very soon, and we need Kyrie right now. Uh, if it does change in a month, I, I can't see him changing it for baseball and not for basketball. That would be there would be lawsuits for that. It would because it would feel like a personal attack against Kyrie. Um, I know obviously baseball is outdoors, so they could make that argument. But if you're going to let them in the locker room and the, uh, the dugout, whatever in baseball, then you know all bets are off. So if I think if they do change it for baseball, they have to change it for basketball. Uh, I also you live in Brooklyn in New York. I don't know if you feel like. COVID is like still this hotbed where people are getting ca- more cases are popping up because around here it it kind of feels like we're past it and I know there's variants there's another one in Europe that just got detected mm-hmm. so like it's always possible it comes back but right now it kind of feels people are living their life like COVID's over so I don't yeah. know why like Adams keeps saying like the data the numbers I'm I'm doing what I'm being told and all this is there like a vibe where you are that COVID still like really bad no it's not as it's not as bad as it was I, I would always i would say that new york is always a little more hesitant and people generally are more like you know mask friendly here in new york <laughs> than they are out in jersey <laughs> i see more masks here on a daily basis you know people walking around on the street wearing masks but i also see kids playing in the park and i see you know lots of restaurants aren't even asking for vax cards anymore because they're not they don't have to yeah. So, you know, and I, I've walked into businesses without a mask on because I'm vaccinated. They are all, I'm hoping, vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So things are definitely a little more strict here, but it's way looser than it was even like three months ago. So, okay. no, yeah. I don't think that – I think it's specifically the tie-up comes from the fact that people lost their jobs yeah. because of the private sector rule that Kyrie is a part of. So yeah. for them to say, oh, Kyrie can play – but all of you other people who lost your jobs, you know, tough luck. Yeah. It makes them look bad. And that's right. all. It's really mm-hmm. just an optics thing for, for Adams. And, I mean, there's got to be some sort of exception they can do for a professional athlete because. He didn't get fired from the yeah. Nets. He's on the Nets. <laughs> He's on the team. And, so. it, it, I don't know. It's just very confusing. I don't – I'm not someone – I again, I don't support Kyrie not getting the vaccine. I think he should get the vaccine. <laughs> but <laughs> if he's not going to get it, and at this point everyone's vaccinated or has already had it, and they're, re- like, they're repealing all this stuff, it, stop, it stops making sense. But whatever. The Nets, we just got to hope that they can hold on until the playoffs. And, yeah, probably by then because that will be around the time that baseball starts, they're going to have some sort of repeal of this. Anyway, let's talk about Kyrie again and his amazing performance yesterday and just overall how him and KD have been performing over the last week. 
So Kyrie goes off for 60 last night. KD goes off against the Knicks in another super close game. Every time the Nets play the Knicks, it's a super close game. But the Nets beat them, and Kyrie and KD gets 53. Um, and then, like, last week against the Sixers. So the Sixers game was huge, right? They play Harden. Everyone's anticipating this this matchup, right? Because before that, Harden and Embiid were going off. I think they were 5-1 and one or something while uh, Harden was on the team. And the only game they lost, I think Harden didn't play, right? That was right, the one. Yeah. They were undefeated when Harden played. Yeah. So they come into this game with a lot of expectations. You know, <laughs> the Sixers media is doing that thing where they, like, post videos of, like, Embiid and Harden, like, working out right after a game to show that they're so committed and I hate that. I think that's so obnoxious. Like, bro, come on. We know that you're just, like, going to go back to the nightclub till 5 in the morning. Like, just because well, you're running actually, up and down. <laughs> he what? actually got seen. He was hanging out with rappers after the game. Of course he was. I think <laughs> he, he really had, like, was. I think he was at, like, a birthday party after the game. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, like, in the, you know, in the build-up to this game, there's a lot of anticipation for, like, oh, what's going to happen? The whole fallout with Harden. He's looking really good with Embiid. Harden played terribly against the Nets and then and Kyrie was the reason Kyrie played incredible defense against him and just got right in his grill and made him uncomfortable in every possession he had a bunch of turnovers I think he shot like three for 17 for the game or five for 17 or some crazy number he was awful they played so they got so outplayed Embiid and Harden didn't even touch the court in the fourth quarter and this was like a everyone in like the NBA universe was watching this game and got to watch Mm -hmm how embarrassing the Sixers might end up being because like they are very slow and how much of a menace the Nets can be. So what were your takeaways from that game? My first takeaway was Kyrie's defense uh, on Harden. Uh, I was actually watching the game with John and he was like, Oh, who's going to guard Harden tonight? I was like, I don't know, maybe like Bruce Brown, James Johnson. And then it was Kyrie. And I was like, Kyrie's smaller than James Harden. I'm not sure how this is going to work. Kyrie locked him up and he didn't say a word to him. Like every time they, they showed a close up. They weren't looking at each other, and it was just Kyrie's intensity against Harden's intensity, and Harden is a known choke artist, and Kyrie is a known clutch performer, like big moment, big game player. So that dynamic is going to be very interesting if they meet again when it matters, because it's not like a, this wasn't a fluke. That's who they are in a, like a snapshot of their careers, and Kyrie getting the better of James Harden shouldn't actually be surprising. So that was really cool. Um, Seth Curry, also. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that revenge, was revenge game. game he was him. awesome. Yeah, Drummond was a, great. Yeah, Drummond, uh, he got in really bad foul trouble early on. And I was texting you guys about this, and Katie even said it in his post game how all the fouls actually probably hurt the Sixers because <laughs> it was just yeah. Embiid at the line over and over. No rhythm. No one else was playing basketball except, James, uh, except Joel Embiid. So Drummond got hurt came back, did a good job after that. Nick Claxton did a really good job. It was like, that was a moment where if the Nets do have any success, we're going to look at that game and be like, that was the game they all played together, played hard for the first time. Uh, And a lot of it was because they were trying to support Ben Simmons. They all made a point of saying, you know, they knew obviously Simmons was going to get heckled like hell in this game. And they were like, well, we got his back. We're going to play really well. And they can't boo him if they're booing their own team. So... It was just one of the most fun games as a Nets fan I can remember watching. All the buildup, all the hype, and it went all our way. Yeah, it was awesome. It was really, really awesome. And there was like, they were chanting Brooklyn in 
that stadium yeah. in, in yeah. Wells Fargo Center, which, as you and I know, we've been there once. Like, typically, they have a pretty strong fan base. Yeah. To beat them so bad that you can hear the chants of Brooklyn echoing throughout the, the the room because so many of the Sixers fans had left at that point was pretty awesome. You know, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a very resounding victory. I um, want to talk about Ben Simmons, actually. You brought him up. So that game was important for Ben Simmons' confidence, and I really like how – um, you know how the Nets, as an organization, are are taking this Ben Simmons stuff because they see, you know, he's kind of a fragile guy. He's got his, uh, he's got a very um, tough, uh, you know, mental health situation to deal with on top of his like rebuild of his physical health. And you know, going back into the Lions Den the way he did was really brave, and and I think the Nets were very responsive to that. They appreciated that he came. But we find out today now that, like, not only has the physical been set back so much that he actually had to go get an epidural to fix some sort of back pain he's been having for weeks. And there's hope with, with like, a ton of quotes around him coming back before the season ends, playing a few games before they, they end, enter the playoffs. I don't know, man. Uh, you know, with injuries, you never really know. You're always getting lied to by the organization. <laughs> They're not going to tell you the truth about what's really going on. So how much of what we're getting do you think is true about the Ben Simmons situation? How much do you think is like uh, we're, he's actually in a much worse situation than we think? I wouldn't say it's much worse. Uh, the Nets are just very good at being vague about how long things take. Nash keeps saying like he's not even doing like – one-on-one drills yet he's just doing individual work and that's that's not a good sign I mean the Nets always have these ramp-ups where even when you start playing on a court you still take like a week I think Dragic was the quickest one because he had actually stayed in shape when he was not playing but coming back from any injury look at how long it took Durant uh to come back I feel like there were some other guys I'm gonna forget but like the Nets have a process and they're not gonna rush him uh, because everyone like he's young and on a long contract. Kyrie's on a is Kyrie on a long contract yet? I don't think so. No, Kyrie's on his. Uh, this is his uh, exception year, I think. Okay, yeah. So, but Durant's maxed out. So the Nets have this faith that it's not winter bust this year. So why would we risk Ben Simmons having a worse injury? Uh, which isn't what we want to hear as fans. We want them to be all in right now to win. But at the same time, uh, the Durant Kyrie pair. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but the last few games they played together, I think they've scored over like 135 in all of those games. So like, yeah, it would be great to have Ben Simmons as another guy out there, but maybe the two of them with shooters around them is good enough to make some noise. We don't know. It's too small a sample size, but the Nets are probably thinking like, we got the two best, the best duo in the NBA right now, the way they're playing. They are the best duo offensively. Yeah. And with the the role players now, with shooters, with Drummond, re- like, we haven't worried about any rebounding since that trade. Like, that was such a huge issue for the Nets. They can't, they can't get stops, and if they do get stops, they can't get the rebound. That's not a problem anymore. So nope. if the Nets are going to score 135, like, and hold another team to 120, that's fine. <laughs> so Yeah, and those uh, are, like, garbage time 120 points, too. Like, it, it could yeah. be that they're winning by... 30 at some point in the game and then maybe they let the team back in and they only end up winning by 15 but whatever yeah i mean if that's if that's how it has to be really what ben simmons's primary role should be on this team is as a stopgap during the mm-hmm. moments where kd or Kyrie are not playing 
and and also as an insurance agent essentially uh for when if one of them ever gets hurt again yeah i I will say also real quick the thing that also gives me confidence if simmons doesn't play is dragic and dragic hasn't played like phenomenal yet but at least he is a point guard he's an actual point guard he doesn't have to score 20 points but as long as if Durant and Kyrie are both off the court and Dragic is on the court, at least they're not going to get full court pressed by the Raptors and turn it over every possession. Hopefully, because Dragic actually knows how to handle the ball and find teammates. So as he continues to get more comfortable uh, in the offense, like that might be a good enough segue between Durant and Irving taking breaks. And we know in the playoffs, Durant might not take breaks. <laughs> no. So yeah, he's fully ready and willing to play. 48 minutes, you yeah. know, like, and that's amazing that you would love to hear it as a fan. You're also terrified to hear that as a fan. <laughs> yeah, I, I was talking to John about this. I don't know, like Kevin Durant plays all 48 minutes and I don't watch him on the court for all those times. I feel like he never looks tired. Like Joel Embiid looks tired a lot. James Harden looks tired. Kyrie doesn't really look tired too much, but he he runs a lot. He's always making these weird moves. Durant doesn't ever seem to be like running. <laughs> he takes Durant, his time. Yeah. He's very and, well, even paced. Durant yeah. must be a, he's just an incredible uh, basketball player at this point in the sense that he knows exactly when to exert energy. Yeah. And, and, and I, to insert himself into a game. Like, uh, he doesn't use energy a lot. I think the most you'll ever see him use energy is when he's going like full head of steam, trying to get like a layup or something or a dunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, when he's not on the ball he doesn't really move at all <laughs> when he's yeah. not like on the defender who's in front of him he doesn't really move at all mm-hmm. i mean he's a good defender but you know he's just really good at knowing when he can like like relax yeah and a lot of his moves when he is scoring it's a quick it's a one-on-one type dribble make one move jump shot whether yeah. it's a mid-range or a three like he really just doesn't exert like you said, he doesn't exert all the the motion and the energy that some of these other guys do. So it, I think it, it helps allow him play those big minutes. And he's not really, like, high-flying all the time. He gets maybe, like, one dunk a game. So it's not like yeah. he's putting a lot of pressure on his legs or his knees. His last injury was, like, a fluke thing because someone just ran into him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have, I have a lot of confidence in Durant playing big minutes whenever they need him to. He's proven it. He's proven yeah. he can do it. Yeah. He's got such a money shot, too, that, like, you know, he that shot goes up in the air. People are already just, like, head down, running back on defense. It's <laughs> yeah. it's not even a question. When Durant misses, still, after how many years he's been in the league? What, 13 years? I still am shocked every time he misses a shot. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wow, that didn't go in. Like, yeah. he's that fucking good. I get mad when he misses. I'm like, how do you miss that? Because <laughs> <laughs> every shot for him is open. He's so tall. It's an open jump shot every time he shoots. And yeah. even when he's off balance, I'm just like, how do you miss? What do, what do you do wrong? <laughs> Mike, I, you know, this past week and a half has been such a, a high-scoring week in the NBA. It's got to be one of the, like, highest-scoring weeks in, like, NBA history. So yeah. many guys going off for 50 or high 40s or even 60 now, twice back-to-back. Like, Carl Anthony Towns got 60 last night or two nights ago. Mm-hmm. And what's craziest is that, on your fantasy team, you've had three of these guys who've gone off <laughs> multiple times. You have Kevin Durant, you have Kyrie, and you have LeBron, who had a two fifty-point games last week, didn't he? Yes. So unfortunately, it's coming at the worst time. It's the last week of the season, and it doesn't yeah. seem like it matters for you. But yeah, 
you know, you did the right thing. You drafted the right people. It just didn't work out at the right time. I drafted the right people, and they just all got hurt for, like, three weeks. And in those three weeks, I lost, like, 7-2, 7-2, 8-1. I went from second or third place texting Dean, like, hey, man, like, I'll see you in the in the finals. <laughs> <laughs> to, like, Kristaps got hurt. Paul George has been out with an elbow injury since, like, week four. Yeah, uh, Ka- Kawhi never ended up coming back, so I gambled on that. Kyrie didn't quite play as much as I wanted him to. Uh, Darius Garland, another all-star, he got hurt for like a couple weeks. My team just really let me down, and uh, Seth Curry got hurt like for yes. a couple games when I needed him. I was texting, I think you when you needed me to beat Rick uh, in a couple categories. Like Seth Curry missed the last two games of the week, and if he didn't yeah. miss those games, I would have won. Uh, the steals category probably. So yeah, my team just, I think I definitely drafted a good team. I just took a couple risks and injuries at the worst time. Your team is great. Have you just literally picked the same exact guys and you had DeMar DeRozan who had a phenomenal year. Yeah. If, if you, you pick like, the same exact guys next year, you should have a winning yeah. like franchise, but I am in fourth right now. Somehow made, I had the opposite luck of you the last three few weeks, but I'm playing Dean in this final week. And if I don't murder him, uh, then I'm probably out because Rick is probably going to beat Mike Holman. So it's very tough. But I don't think I'm going to win in the playoffs either. I think that whoever the hell I play is going to beat me because my team's a bunch of clowns. Anyway, <laughs> um, before we go on to other guys in the league, I want to talk just about the playoff predictions for the Nets. So right now they're in eighth. They're 36 and 33. I think they are – let me just quickly check here. What are the standings? They are – Two and a half games behind the Raptors at seven. The Cavaliers, they are three and a half games behind. They are ahead of the Hawks by a game and a half. And the Hornets are at 10. And they are two games ahead of the Hornets. So they're actually closer to the back than they are the front, which is a little concerning. But mm-hmm. what's nice is the Hawks are playing the Hornets tonight. So one of them will be uh, farther back tonight. Mm-hmm. And... Um, they're definitely not that close to the Wizards at 11. The Wizards are 15 games back, so they're six games behind the Nets. They're probably going to be in the play-in. Uh, hopefully not the 9-10 play-in. The 7-8 eight, the would be ideal, but there is a slight chance they make it to six. Um, what would you say the odds are right now of them fi- finding a way to climb over the Raptors and Cavs? I don't see them climbing over... Uh... The Raptors, the Cavs are in a little bit of a slide right now because Jared Allen is hurt. And Darius Garland hasn't really been playing too great since he's come back from his injury. Right now, the Cavs are losing to the Sixers uh, by 12. So if the Sixers could beat the Cavs tonight and the Nets find a way to beat this Mavericks team, like anything's possible. But as long as, honestly, if the Cavs are the 7 and the Nets are the 8, I like that because that's a road game where Kyrie gets to play. If they play the Raptors, he doesn't get to play that game. And then if they lose that game, they play a home game against the 9-10 team and Kyrie doesn't play that game. So that's worst case scenario is Raptors are the seventh seed and Nets don't win that game. Because uh, then it's really like Kevin Durant's got to go, you know, hero against the Bucks, Kevin Durant. And I don't want to have to see that. So if, mm-hmm. the, if the Cavs can lose a couple games, if the Raptors can stay hot, they have a tough game against the Clippers tonight in L.A., uh, that's what I would hope for the most. And if the Nets happen, like, I'm just going to run with my stuff right now. If the Nets beat the Cavs to be the seven seed, they get a first-round matchup with either 
like Milwaukee or Philly. Oh man, <laughs> it's probably gonna be Milwaukee. Yeah, can you imagine playing Milwaukee in the first round? I mean, they have to beat them eventually. Uh, yeah, I know. And after la- how last year ended, like they c- they probably should have beat Milwaukee last year. So th- that's gonna be a fun one if that if that happens. They almost beat Milwaukee with a depleted team as well. Yeah. So we Kevin know Durant that the Nets, yeah. Kevin Durant essentially by himself uh, for yeah. most of the series. I mean, Kyrie really balled out in the first two games. Well, yeah, yeah. If Kyrie can be there for the whole series, if the Nets can get Kyrie back full time and they actually have to play the Bucks in the first round, it's going to be intense. Like, the Bucks are great, and they've probably mm-hmm. gotten better in a lot of ways. I mean, Drew Holiday's having a, a hell of a season. And, you know, you always know Middleton's good for mm-hmm. a solid, like, 30-point game, 35-point game. And Giannis is Giannis. Giannis is, like, unbelievable. Always. The big piece the Bucks don't have, though, is P.J. Tucker. They don't have Tucker. He made a huge difference against Durant in that series. He tired him out. He really made him work. And obviously they have other great players. But P.J. Tucker's absence, if Kyrie is fully healthy and able to play, like, that could be a big factor. You're absolutely right. So that's my prediction. How, How do you see things shaking out? I, I mean, I would ideally like that, but I'm a little more pessimistic, unfortunately. I think the Nets are going to end up playing the Raptors in the seventh mm-hmm. seed. Mm-hmm. And I think that and the, for the seventh, and I think that that's going to be a really tough game because the Raptors are well-coached. Like, Nick Nurse, is, he knows what he's doing, and he's got a bunch of scrappy guys who know what they're doing, too. Like, Ben Vliet can go off. Siakam knows how to play against guys like, um, like Durant. And, you know, they've got a lot of young guys who've got a lot of heart. Like Scotty Barnes is great. He's a really, really great player. He's in he's in the conversation for for rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got like other good shooters out there who can like actually like shoot off ball and don't have to play. Uh, I mean, shoot when they're playing off ball, they are not like a, a liability really. I don't know. I mean, I, I think the Nets could beat the Raptors, but I also can. I would not be shocked if they lost. And a lot of it has to do with. Strategy. I think that the the Raptors could probably out strategize mm-hmm. the Nets. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. The Cavs. Um, and then if they end up losing that game, they have to play like the Hawks or the Hornets. I'd much rather have the Hornets because they'd murdered the Hornets a couple days ago. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it would be a close game. Mm-hmm. You never know with the Hawks. The Hawks are a wild card. Sometimes yeah. they play like crap. Sometimes they are like they look like one of the best teams in the league. You never know with them. So I don't know. We'll figure this out. But let's move on to uh, what we were talking about earlier with Embiid. So Embiid gets hard, and, and he, they, you know, people are making these terrible Shaq, Kobe comparisons in the beginning, and that was so awful. And I'm so glad that that ended very abruptly over the last few games because Harden has shown his true colors and. and and the question that you posed to me in the beginning of the, before we started recording, I I've been thinking about this whole time is like, is Embiid a closer? Can this guy be as phenomenal as he is for 46 minutes? Play that phenomenally in the last two in a close game because they play Jokic two day, two nights ago in a, another marquee matchup. Two guys who are going for MVP. Two guys play the same position. Two very different play styles, but you know, often in the same conversation. And it's a close game, but Jokic outplays Embiid, especially down the stretch, and the Nuggets win. 
Now, there's a bunch of other factors involved, but like if you really think about it, like the, on paper, the Sixers should always win that matchup. No matter how good Jokic is, he's playing with a bunch of, you know, average players where you have two all-stars in Embiid and Harden playing. What exactly would you say is Embiid's ceiling this season? Like, can he actually make it to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time? Or do you think that some of these, like, end-game problems he's having are going Mm -hmm. to bite him in a second round or first round? I would say with how strong this conference is right now, like, we're talking, like, this is the first year I can think that I'm like, oh, the East is strong. Yeah. Um, I think if Philly ends up having to play, and they're going to have to, I guess, at some point, either Milwaukee, Chicago, not Chicago, sorry, Milwaukee, Miami, or the Nets, they're going to lose any of those series. I don't think they could beat those teams because those teams are fast, hard playing, like, matchups, I think, favors those other teams. If they play Chicago, I think they'd be Chicago. If they play Cleveland or maybe Boston, all the Boston's gotten the better of them beat, I think, in, uh, in the playoffs. I think they can beat those teams. But I think if they play Miami, Milwaukee, or Brooklyn, they're in trouble. And like you were saying, the question I asked you before, if it comes down to a late-game situation, James Harden's got the ego to want to be the guy at the end, but he's notoriously a choker. And Bede tends to be a little fatigued at the end of games. So do they run some pick and roll and hopefully they just get a good look or do they isolate because they're lazy and Doc Rivers teams always find ways to blow games and series in the playoffs because they get lazy and can't shoot. Like I, I don't have any confidence in that Sixers team. Uh, the way they lost to the Nets, they went to overtime against the Magic. Uh, they lost at the end to the Nuggets. Like I, I don't have confidence in them. So I'd say the ceiling for them is second round. Now, would you be shocked, though, if, like, Harden just, like, turned it on and ended the season really well, like, went 28-10 and 10 for, like, the last six games of the season, and they win, like, five of them? I wouldn't be shocked if he does that in the regular season. Yeah, in the regular season. He, I'd be shocked if he does that in a playoff series. Regular right, season, so, James Harden is, you know, he could be phenomenal in the regular season. That's not, that's not new. Uh, if he does that in a playoff series against a top-four team, then I'll be like, okay. That's something, because right now, he's never done that. He's never shown he can. Right. So, would it yeah. change your opinion, though, at all, of like how the Sixers will perform in the, the playoffs if that does happen? Or would you just be like in the regular In the regular season? Yeah. No, no. I have no – nothing that could happen in the regular season will change my perception of what will happen to them in the playoffs. They have mm-hmm. to do it in the playoffs. And that's what we've been saying about James Harden now since he lost to the Spurs mm-hmm. and the Warriors is like, yeah, he can average a 30-point triple-double all season. Great. Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers can have MVP seasons in the regular season also. There are certain guys that until they prove it, when it counts, like we're going to have doubts. And right now I have doubts. Yeah, you're right. You are very warranted in those doubts. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I guess just like for the next like few minutes, let's just quickly talk about the West. Uh, the Suns are the team to beat. They are incredible. They have already clinched. They have, they're so clinched that they are like seven games ahead of the second seed. Yeah. So they might, they, they might be able to just like rest everyone for the last like week because they've locked up the first seed last two weeks. Even that's how good they're playing. And they're winning games still with campaign because <laughs> fucking Chris Paul is like, is MIA. He's, he's still mm-hmm. hurt still. 
And ah, oh, it's just you know, talk about a deep team. There is a team. There is no deeper team than the Suns, and they deserve more than any team in the league to go right back to that finals with the way that they've been playing this season. Um, and you see this a lot. You see a lot of teams either go one or two ways. They they have a breakout year, and then either the next year they have a breakout year, but they lose either in the the conference finals or the finals. And then the next year they either get even better somehow, mm-hmm. or they like fall apart. Like the Hawks. And I think my two, yeah, my two case studies would be the Suns, who make it but lose, but are now somehow even better. And then the Hawks, who like surprised everyone by making it to the Eastern Conference Finals, lose to the to the Bucks in a kind of close series. And then this year they're just like a shell of their former selves, and they they're the mm-hmm. tenth, their ninth seed right now. Yeah. And uh, so yeah. And then this happened last year with the Heat. They were bad last year after being in the finals the year before. It's interesting. I don't really know how to, like, I don't really know if I can see any of the Western Conference teams truly, like, challenging the Suns. Um, the Warriors. You think the Warriors, the Warriors can do it? The Warriors just played their first game with the with with Curry, Thompson, back. Draymond trio in, like, three years. And I think yeah. it was, like, in 20 minutes of Draymond playing, they were, like, plus 25 or something crazy like that. People don't realize the impact Draymond has on a court until he's not there. Defensively and playmaking. Like, Steph Curry, he went through a little bit of a slump without Draymond because he was having to do too much. Mm-hmm. Play went through a little bit of a slump, and then he finally had a good game a couple of days ago. But Draymond makes everything easier. Kaminga's going to flourish now. Wiggins is going to flourish now. They play defense, they run, and their shot-making is incredible. And they have that championship DNA swagger that, like, the Suns kind of, even though they lost the finals, they built that that swagger. And they're well-coached. They have guys who are tough-minded. Uh, they play full speed all the time. So I think that's why the Suns have gotten better than what they even were last year. But the Warriors are, are right there. And if they match up, which I think they will, they're the one and two seed, that's going to be a fun series. I really want to watch that. And then Memphis is, like, such a wild card. They play, like, they don't care. Like, they have no fear. And if John Morant can slow the game down to a possession by possession and make plays the way he can, all bets are off. There's no reason the Grizzlies, with the the size they have, the intensity they play, uh, and the shot-making that some of their lesser-known players have, uh, the Grizzlies could, I think, put some fear into some teams. But right now, Warriors and Suns, I think, are on a collision course for a, a seven-game series in the Western Conference Finals. My worry for the Grizzlies, though, is that because it's the regular season, everyone's not playing the best defense they can yeah. possibly play. You're, and you're right. like, when it gets to the playoffs, they're just gonna lock the they're gonna lock Morant up. Like, I know he's gonna have a breakout game or two, mm-hmm. but after that first breakout game, they're gonna be like, all right, we figured him out. We know how to play defense against him. You know, Desmond Bain, good luck winning this game. Like, uh, yeah. you know, Jaron Jackson, good luck. Because we're going to make sure Morant is a non-factor. Yeah. Especially a good defensive team like the Jazz or something. Whoever the hell they have to play. Yeah. Uh, you know how for years we were talking about how, like, we really wanted that Lakers-Clippers marquee matchup in the playoffs. Like, oh, wouldn't it yeah. be so cool to see who's the king of L.A.? Well, guess what, man? Looking at the standings right now, there is a potential – that the Clippers and Lakers will be playing in the play-in tournament for the eighth seed. Mm. 
That's true. The, Clip- the Clippers are the eighth seed right now, and the Lakers are the ninth. Yeah. Clippers could easily lose to the Timberwolves, which means put them in the second game. And obviously the Lakers, you know, could win. You know, if LeBron just like goes off, they could beat whoever the Pelicans. Yeah, they could beat the Pelicans mm-hmm. in their in their game, making a do or die, win or go home, eighth seed play in tournament game between yeah. the two LA teams. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, let me uh, let me vent real quick. So I like the play in tournament. Overall, I think it does more good than bad. This is my personal Lakers hatred bias coming through here. The Lakers are 10 games below 500. Yeah. And they're kind of hanging around because the teams behind them don't want to win any games. The Spurs, the Blazers, they just can't win any games. So they're going to hang around that 9 or 10 seed, even though they're that bad. And Anthony Davis could still come back healthy. And if the Lakers get a healthy Anthony Davis, they're not really a 12 below 500 team at that point. They're going to be like, an actual threat. So the fact yeah. that the Lakers even still have hope of making the actual playoffs and and scaring some people, I I'm so mad. <laughs> they they it's, should be done. Sucks. They're they're so bad right now. They have no right to be anywhere near the playoffs. They lose on a nightly basis by double digits. The only team they beat recently was the Wizards because LeBron had to score 54 points. Like they're so bad, and I'm sick of them. I'm so mad. <laughs> But if they're so bad, then let them get embarrassed in, on like a, a big stage, like the first round of the have, playoffs. But if they have Anthony Davis, like all bets are off. They could be really good. <laughs> but we saw what happened last year when they had Anthony Davis. He played for like two and a half games, and then he got hurt. Well, yeah, that's, it's always a big if with him. If he stays healthy, there's no reason the Lakers can't beat anyone in a series, in my opinion. They're, they're that, like he's that good that if he and LeBron are healthy and they get a day off in between games to rest properly, Mm-hmm. They could they could beat the Suns. Why not? <laughs> I don't know. The Suns are too deep. Both yeah. of them have to sit at some point. Yeah. But it's going to be just Russell Westbrook out there, like, yeah. with Davis? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever. I would love to Hopefully. see the Clippers eliminate the Lakers, though. That would be so yeah. fun. And this Especially, Clippers team, too. Yeah, which is no like a Kawhi. Reggie Jackson, yeah. like, Terrence Mann-led yeah. Clippers team. Yeah. yeah. That would be cool. <laughs> All right, well. I think that wraps up everything for this week. The Nets are playing the Mavericks as we speak. The game is tipping off or just in sort of the first quarter. Are they winning? The Nets are up by seven towards the end of the first. Durant's going off. Drummond is a beast on the boards. And before we go, um, I haven't said this in a while. I love Bruce Brown. Yes. Oh, man. Bruce Brown. So well. Oh, my God. I'm going to write a long love letter to him and like find his (laughs) P.O. box. And be like, look, man, I don't know what it takes, but you got to re-sign here in Brooklyn. Like, I know you did the one year. You got to do another three or four. I love you on this team. You're a perfect asset. And you just bring so much heart to the team, man. And that was what we were missing that whole first half of the season. It was just like Bruce Brown literally wasn't playing because they kept sitting him to try out Javon Carter and DeAndre Bembry, who both sucked and got cut. (laughs) And the Nets learned their lesson. Like, no, we should have been playing our better player. Bruce Brown, who is amazing and has been stellar for the past two weeks. So, yeah, let's hope the Nets win tonight and, uh, you know, finish the season really strong like they have been. And uh, we'll be talking to you guys next week about, you know, where the Nets are on the standings and everything else going on in the league. Hopefully, um, you know, talking about a vaccine mandate being lifted. That'd be cool. All right. Thank you so much for listening to The Best is Net to Come. Uh, I don't know what else to say, so have a great rest <laughs> of your uh, day and week. Thank you.